if you really understand why this problem is arising, mm -hmm. the solution becomes quite easy. Within three years of release, two out of three ex-offenders are rearrested. Clearly, something is broken. It's time we strategize ways to prevent repeat offenses. Our brainstorming session starts now. Welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon. Hello, and welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon Podcast. I'm your host, Michi J. Does your loved one or even someone you know struggle with mental illness? Well, mental illness is so prevalent in prisons that prisons are now known as the new asylums. For instance, the Los Angeles County Jail, New York's Rikers Island Jail, as well as the Chicago's Cook County Jail, each all hold more mentally ill inmates than any psychiatric hospital here in the U.S. The numbers are still growing. Well, today's guest, Christopher Henningsen, will talk about how computer programming can be used to help prisoners who suffer from mental illness. Yes, that's what I said. Computer programming will help with mental illness. Of course, he's not talking about major mental illnesses like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or any other like major depression and things like that. He's talking about the smaller ones, though it very well still can help some with these major ones. Let's listen to my chat with Chris as he talks more about how computer programming can help with mental illness. Now, today we have here an author. His name is Christopher Henningsen. He has been programming and exploring spiritual matters since he has been in his teens. Now, his interest in the overlap between the nominous and the technological led him to write mindful programming. That's what we're going to be talking about today, guys. It's mindful programming. Okay, just wait. You'll you're understand all the lists later. <laughs> so he wrote this book, and it was like uh, about like the synthesis lessons from a number of his interests. One of these is like linguistics. It helped him notice like a parallel between prison and programmer. I know I didn't see it either. Prison and programming, <laughs> okay? That made him think about writing this book, uh, in particularly that it will be useful to inmates. Like it's this interest is what brings him here today to this podcast. And you will see why later. Now, welcome, Chris. Thank you for coming. How are you today? I'm great, Nietzsche J. And thank you so much for having me on of all the, and I'm going on a number of podcasts, of course, but uh, this was the one I really wanted to go on because of the connection to prison culture and the importance that that was to the initial inspiration behind this book. Wow, that's good because you know what, Chris? Nobody would have seen this. Nobody, and they just, we have a lot of <laughs> listeners that don't see it yet, but we're going to fix that. Um, by doing this program here. So uh, just give us a little background on this and uh, to catch us up. Yeah. So the, the book came about, there's kind of three different um, inspirations, and I only really talk about two of them to uh, people who aren't in some way related to prison culture. So the first was that um, someone on a forum that I was browsing, they were talking about 
Freemasons and how mm -hmm. Freemasonry came out of uh, architecture and building these big cathedrals. Mm -hmm. A lot of jobs had this esoteric component. They were this metaphor for internal development and mm -hmm. uh, self-mastery. So uh, someone asked, is there one for programming? And uh, no one could really think of one. So I was like, hmm, if anyone could write that, it might be me because I, right. uh, while I'm not that advanced in either area i know more than most people about either one okay we're gonna back up we're gonna because we got a lot of slow listeners and well i should say myself i'm the main one so <laughs> gotcha okay. um slow. esoteric we're gonna be esoteric. doing a lot we're gonna we are going to be <laughs> asking yes, him yes. the meaning of so you got he is so super smart you know so i've worked with people like this like you know chemists and different stuff i'm like wait a minute tell me in um girl scout terms you know just very low okay and uh and i also have to give a a warning about the book for that and that it's my belief that humans get smarter every generation at least we have been for a long time and that's not though it, well, it, you know, it. Uh, people as they get older feel like they're getting less intelligent, but maybe uh, maybe it's just the younger people are getting more intelligent. So we're comparing ourselves to a moving target, you know. Oh, but okay. Because I, uh, I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's it's a it's a very it's a very optimistic belief that that can keep going, um, and it can be a little can be a little scary also. I get into that in the book as well. But uh, one of the things that that led me to do was write the book for someone way smarter than me, because I figure if the book's around for a few years, whoever ends up reading it, just statistically, eventually is going to be a lot smarter than the people who are alive today. So I, I wrote the book for a very smart person. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, there's terms like esoteric get thrown around uh, pretty pretty I, loosely. <laughs> yeah, because I kind of know, but I, you know, that's what made it slow reading. But because mm -hmm. I think it's very worthwhile, but it's not going to be a fast process. But that's okay. And yeah, yeah, it's not really intended to be read cover to cover. Mm -hmm. um, it's more something where you can you can find a random page and pick something of value out there. And what I did was, you know, because I have an echo. Amazon Echo, if you don't, you don't know, I would yeah. just right away just ask what that means, you know, right, and, that, yeah. and then I'm able to keep going instead of going through my phone or dictionary or something. But that's the easy way, listeners, um, to just get meanings of words. So that, you know, helped me to understand what was going on. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So esoteric is, uh, it's essentially, it's the, it's the part of a religion that deals with the, the private work and the, uh, the stuff that you can really only do uh, if you're participating in it. That's why I like this. So, cause that's going to come back to what, why you're doing this and why it's so effective for inmates and what you're doing, mm -hmm. the esoteric side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've talked about one, um, one of the three inspirations behind this book. Uh, there was another inspiration, which was this uh, course on programming. It's this online course, uh, I reference it, I think, in the very first chapter or the first chapter of part of part one, there's a, an introduction before this course, it was written in the 1980s. Uh, and this person was talking in very esoteric terms, uh, very um, talking about, you know, a wizard is someone who knows a secret language that he uses to talk to spirits. And that's kind of what a programmer does. He uses the secret language 
to talk to spirits in machines and get them to do what he wants. That course, even though it's from the 1980s and the mm -hmm. industry changes so quickly, that course, people still listen to that mm -hmm. because uh, it's inspiring. You know, mm -hmm. it's inspiring to think about it in those terms. Mm -hmm. So between the two of these, I thought, okay, this, um, there's something here. Um, yes, it is. There is, uh, there is something where a profession like this could be a metaphor. So I, I started out writing about, uh, writing about the parallels that I saw between programming and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And very early into that project, before I even knew it was going to be a book-length project, I had this pretty intense dream. And I don't have a lot of nightmares, but this one I would call a nightmare. And in that in that dream, I was incarcerated. Really? Um, yeah. It is a nightmare. Go ahead. It, it is, yeah. And uh, I had to like saw off my own foot to get out, uh, or like, or one of the other prisoners was sawing off my foot. But uh, the thing that stuck with me um, mm -hmm. and that related it to this project was uh, now I've never been in prison myself, but mm -hmm. I've worked with a number of people who have. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure that if I were to ever be incarcerated, I'd be known as a bug, which is an inmate with mental illness. That's the, the prison slang term. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about this, you know, this parallel, because uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty high functioning guy, but I am weird. I recognize that. Not everyone writes books about spirituality and programming. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the parallel between the, the term bug and the bug that you encounter in a computer program and using the computer program as a metaphor for exploring your own mental health. I thought this could really, if anyone is going to benefit from reading this, it would probably be a prisoner. I didn't know the term bug meant that in. It uh, might be a Canadian thing also. I know you guys are in the States. I don't know oh, yeah. how much overlap there is, but in, oh, yeah, okay. in Canadian prisons anyway, it's uh, yeah, that's, that's the term for a prisoner with mental illness. That was pretty potent, and I, I really thought about that, that metaphor. And yeah. um, the book was kind of, I know it's a pretty niche topic. I mean, a lot of people are interested in spirituality, and a lot of people are interested in programming, but I think the overlap isn't all that big. But mm -hmm. I thought, you know, um, professional development, um, like some kind of career that you can do after you get out, and spirituality are both also very interesting to yeah. uh, inmates so that was uh that was another thing where i thought you know this and then the the image of liberating a bug the image of uh there being there being a flaw that's getting getting stuff stuck and wanting to release that so that things can be moving again that yeah. uh I like that mm -hmm. yeah it really it felt like um if i should write for anyone i should write for that uh that inmate who's never really fit into society, who's maybe not had the, uh, the second chances that I've had, who's not been as lucky as me to be able to, uh, to, be, to be someone who looks at things maybe from uh, a different lens um, mm -hmm. and has gotten, uh, gotten known as uh, mm -hmm. a, a, problem, a problem child or a, a problem citizen as mm -hmm. a result, but who really has that potential and mm -hmm. um, who has those kinds of technological and spiritual interests like I do and uh, maybe an interest in combining them. So that's who I wrote the book for. Um, Interesting. And that's really who I hope gets a chance to read it if they want to. Right. Okay. As a Christian, you know, I don't believe in luck, I believe in providence. And that's <laughs> where um, nothing is accident is arranged. And mm -hmm. I think you 
this is right where you're supposed to be because I don't think a lot of people are making this connection because it's um I read through it and it's like sparked their entrance because you know I interview a lot of people and one of the things that stuck out to me I talked to Mike Bolton and I will refer to that in the notes you all um and what he when he was in when he was in prison he was allowed to like do a like a prison newspaper he and he's like an artist and he used the arts and he said what we really need to do is get back into the arts especially within the prison because it's a lot of creative arts there people can draw but that why are we saying arts exactly what you're saying here anesthetic because what something that you think you're when you're practicing one thing you're actually learning too and you see parallels and what it is is this introspection because Mm. art forces you to do that and and practice it that's why I like I think your your approach is right on right on target because it requires introspection and it connects because you said another thing it connects you to you know again I, I am Christian and I think um, my, my Lord and God is the master creator. He's the master artist. So it, in his language, you, I think you start to understand his language in, at a deeper level that goes beyond words. Because I like the book that you suggested in your book. The, what, what is it called? Five Rings? The book, uh, is- the book of the Five Rings is a, is a very, very interesting book. It was written by one of the best, uh, one of the best Japanese sword fighters of his era, um, kind of when gunpowder was just starting to make it into Japan, but it still wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the kind of killer app. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a book on, it's a book on mostly sword fighting, but it's, uh, it's about any kind of, I guess, being, uh, being in the flow and being in, in harmony with the universe in difficult situations. Yeah, I like the discipline in that it makes a person go to that quiet place and start to pay attention to the things that you normally wouldn't because it slows it down because what you're, what you're doing, because you're doing stuff so fast and it really makes you think. And I think this, where this will come in is like, when you're doing something, it'll make you think, do some introspection why are you doing this and I think a lot of people miss that not even just you know the one with mental illness but that's why I love this approach because you said and I was floored you know you said programming is an art absolutely yeah so I know art is hard to define a lot you know people define it differently but how would you why would you say programming is an art um I mean I, I think one recognizes artwork one recognizes when one is in that state of creation and I've recognized that state uh, when making a program but um, I would define it this way in that it's it is something practical Uh, Mm -hmm. it has a very practical output but um, there's no upper limit to what you can do with your creativity in programming there's Mm -hmm. always uh, the same way that you can't make the best painting or the best cathedral um, you can't write the best program. There's always, there's an element of exploration and an element of, um, of making something new and seeing things in a new way when you're writing a new program. The sense of aesthetics, to me, art, the aesthetics of artwork is it's an important part of artwork. Um, and aesthetics are an important part of programming. 
uh, hmm. similar to a lot of artwork you can have you can have an ugly program that still does the job just like you can have an ugly painting that mm -hmm. still makes the viewer feel something there is always that connection to that sense of beauty and that sense of uh, of elegance and the the pieces fitting just so there is uh, very much that feeling of creating a work of art when it's going properly yes and I, I love that flow because I am actually right in into that when I'm writing mm -hmm. and I'm creating yeah. things and that's the same thing what Mike was saying it helped him process things it helped him distance himself from trouble because I think because a lot of us don't really know what's all in us at times and um, you start to look at it it starts to be a mirror because it's on the form like why did you draw that you know or why did you write that where did that come from because I get that every time when I'm writing at times because that's when I say oh that's when people really get to know me and that's actually when I get to know myself more I was like oh I didn't know I had that in me I didn't know that was going on so to speak. And then that's why I'm resonating with what you're doing with the programming is the art and then how you're using programming to approach mental illness because mental illness is a, a, a major problem, um, especially for people that's in prison. And a lot of times that's why they're there. And, yeah. and I think this will really help more so than medication sometimes, you know, I'm not advocating that, that it shouldn't be medicated in some way, but I think a lot of what you're, what you're saying here can um, help where a lot of people don't have to take the medication. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, people mm -hmm. can, if people can have autonomy over their own processes, uh, if people can think about, uh, think about how they think and uh, think about how they'd like that to be. Um, exactly. That's something that everyone has the ability to, to work with. It's just most of us don't have the tools. Um, in this book, I, I talk about how programming, um, the practice of programming and thinking about how that applies to your own life can be one tool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we, we answered a question, like what is art, China? Like in how this can be used. And now we, we've also answered how it can help mental health because I mean we're talking about anxieties you know when you're in the stress and um paying attention to what how something affects you mm -hmm. and this is critical and I'm so like not good with art being taken out of the schools and um here I don't know where there it's taken out of the schools where you are is it still in the school? I, there? I think it. Uh, I think it kind of depends on the principal whether they uh, whether they prioritize it. Just, um, yeah. just wow! With what we're seeing, what's going on here in America, it's like they need to bring the arts back. <laughs> um, it's yeah. like people are so much going on. So yeah, there's so much to be making art about. I know because it is like we can actually see more what's going on in their head and on themselves and they can participate in the reprogramming I would say well, well getting the bugs out I'm not sure if I'm saying it right reprogramming I would, yeah no I, I think that uh, I, I, I really like that metaphor because um, you know understanding why and I talk about it as a program but understanding why a program is malfunctioning yeah um, usually if you really understand why this problem is arising, mm -hmm. the solution becomes quite easy. It's that it's getting that understanding. It's, uh, it's finding what it is. And it's usually not, 
I mean, the, the term bug in programming comes from actually back when they had these punch card computers, apparently a bug actually crawled into a You're punch kidding. card at one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with it because, uh, you know, it was working. It, it was it, the card was fine. It's just there was a bug that was making it look like it was uh, flat when it was actually supposed to be a hole there. So that's so sometimes there's literally something there that shouldn't be there. Most of the time, everything that's there should be there. It's just not talking to itself. It's not communicating internally the way it should. And uh, getting getting one's mind around how that communication is, uh, how those messages are getting mistranslated and getting those messages to be sending out what they want to be arriving, that's, uh, that's super important in programming. And I think it's also super important in uh, dealing with one's own mental health. I like that because you can see stuff, you can actually diagnose quickly what's going on like if something like a bug is there and we need to know those signs early mm. you know especially with the chaos that we're seeing happening here a lot and it's very therapeutic as well you know for the person and it's starting to get them to appreciate the arts mm. and um i love the arts and just the you know the the output the the whole mm. process of it um in the introspection and the cause for conversation mm-hmm. and how you can and, and like you said you in, you engage they're engaged mm-hmm. and uh, they practice so it's not something that's forced on them you know because it's so hard to get them to you know say an ex-con or anybody to just start participating I don't want to do this you know this is like oh you, you signing me up for another you know uh one of these things (laughs) yeah but this is something different and i like how you've put it together in your book even though we have to go really slow but it's like it's well worth it because you found that niche and i didn't think of programming i thought i always thought programming was a science it's well it's, it uses science that's actually it's funny i talk about that in one of the chapters too isn't it um mm-hmm. it, it's a it's an art in my opinion it's an art that uses science so it uh, it requires science to work um and if you're good at using the scientific method you're going to be good at uh, a lot of aspects of programming but you're also creating something that's never existed before or mm-hmm. it has that potential when one is learning one of course usually does things that someone else has already done and one is just mm-hmm. trying to get the, the steps down. But when it's fun, it is also an act of creation. It's, uh, it's that, that making something new. And I think that can be hugely valuable, particularly when there is something that's, uh, that's stuck and something that wants to uh, be expressed and um, something that uh, the person who's holding onto it wants to let go of, uh, mm-hmm. creating something, even something very practical can uh can help bring those things into the flow again yeah because i think this is going to be very effective for people with short attention spans very Mm. short attention spans as well as you know they just get bored Mm. you know or if they feel like oh i don't need this or i've already accomplished this or i don't need to do this i think it's an effective way to work with people like that, mm-hmm. that find things boring easily and mm-hmm. also very short attention spans. It's good because it's art and science. 
because it's going to be a product afterwards. It's going to be something that's used. So very, very interesting because like I said, I had another um, person on and arts just keep popping up. Yeah. And I think that programming being an art that can also lead to a a serious career, I think it can be a little easier for someone who's worried about their image. Yes. And that's, that's, that's why this is just a beautiful, I think, type of marriage, because uh, one other thing that I'm finding too is um, that assimilation back into society mm-hmm. and understanding the new, uh, like how to use their phone and how, how to be on a computer and all that. Both, both of this together will hit both of those things at the same time, because if the person is learning programming and you teaching it as art as well, it's hitting both of those areas of need for the, for the inmate. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's, that's just wonderful. And we wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got to that connection until like, until I read your stuff and started interviewing. It's like, why didn't we, hmm, this is really interesting because you said, Okay, you in your book you have, and you're gonna have to help me with pronunciation and stuff. Oh. But it's like the do's and uh, what's the jutsus? Is that how you uh, do's and jutsus? Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's from the Japanese language. So in in Japan, there's a lot of compound words. Mm-hmm. So do and jutsu are both uh, suffixes. They go at the end of words, and they uh, they modify the meaning. So if you're doing kendo you're doing sword fighting as an art mm-hmm. if you're doing kenjutsu you're doing uh sword fighting as just a very a practical sort of thing like so, science yeah yeah or uh, that's the difference arts and science like how you have the babs and colleges here the bachelor's of arts and bachelor's of science yeah. kind of similar so. <laughs> kind of yeah yeah mm-hmm. they're they're definitely um the the hard sciences. Now, I, I don't I don't like that they're quite as separated as they are. Um, but I definitely I agree to the degree that we see them as separate. Mm-hmm. Um, we we also and I think we put programming more in the science box because we're using science as a tool. Now, in my opinion, we're also we're we're also using that to further artwork and to further an act of creation and creativity. Uh, so I don't think it's, I don't think it can be separated that way, but to the degree that we try to, programming is one thing that we've really put into the science. I it's agree. Practical, um, nothing beautiful here. It's just uh, to get the job done. Aesthetics don't matter. Uh, your feeling for it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It does, <laughs> but we don't think of it that way. We think of it as this, just a very practical kind of a skill. You know what? Um, I... I really like this. And the more we talk about it, I just think it's really there because in my uh, background as a Christian, I understand, we, we understand it like the conscience, the con- like conscience, 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 yeah. conscience. And it's like, we believe that like that universal language is written there. And art is very spiritual. I think because it, it, to me, it gets in touch with your spiritual side. And um, to me, that's, it's, it's a way, it's a form of hearing 
him. And we believe that like in science, like for us, that conscience is the written language in there that to know that he exists. So it's like um, no deniability that he is, mm-hmm. but you can actually warp yeah. your conscience though, where you won't have it. That if a bug be in there so long, so to speak, it would stop that that transmission. Mm-hmm. So that's what we believe in a programming sort of way. Yeah, there's something that I really that I thought about when you were talking about that is that um, you know in in I guess our modern our modern metaphysics I would call it we mm-hmm. really have just mind and matter mm-hmm. we have we have the mind which is kind of mysterious and uh, we don't we're not really very good at that and then we have matter which compared to a lot of other cultures we're incredibly good at uh, dealing with that uh, with this very hard science approach we separate those two don't we but a lot of mm-hmm. spiritual paths and I think Christianity in with its in the beginning was the word have a third kind of mm-hmm. thing which is language mm-hmm. the uh, communication speaking writing that idea of the word or the logos mm-hmm. mediating between mind and matter um, mm-hmm. being exactly. that uh, it's not it's not hard and uh, set in stone the way matter is but it's it isn't purely autonomous the way mind is either there's an interplay of that energy and, and that communication. And I think sayings from the Bible, like I am the word or in the mm-hmm. beginning was the word. The word, the word I think those, God. yeah, I think those point to the importance of communication or language yeah, or, or the word. I mean, it, the exactly. word probably to you, the Christians in your audience means a lot more. And what I did find when I was writing this book was that uh, programming, because it forces you to think in terms of language and communication, it's this very logical step-by-step language where uh, it's like a programming is kind of like a language where you can't be misunderstood, mm-hmm. but because you can't be misunderstood, it's also very hard to make yourself understood. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone who, someone who intuits that idea of, of the, the word being very important, um, if they come to programming with this understanding that they're, stu- they're actually studying language um i call it linguistics in the book but you could just as well call it the word yeah um you're studying it on a yeah yeah on a deeper level you're you're Mm -hmm. thinking about the word the way maybe an esoteric stonemason would think about stone and what this means about god's creation and that helps me because actually that's how i learn and i it helped me with you know, coming out of the, the Black culture at times and I'm going into, you know, um, the schools and how everything was set up. It looks different for us, you know, and it helped me to transcend those boundaries because I related it that way. And because they may not be uh, teaching, I was like, oh, you're saying, oh, uh, um, they call it different stuff, you know, whereas we would say it different. I was like, why don't they just say this then? You know, that's what they mean. That was the first half of this very interesting and amazing interview with Chris. First off, I just want to apologize for my sometimes hard to understand speech. I have braces, people. Sorry about that. And when I'm excited, I really mess things up. But enough of that. Now, do you see how computer programming now can address some mental illness issues? Did you see that connection? Well, I hope you did. I think it is a great approach. 
there's still more to hear. So tune in next week to hear part two of how the art of programming can be effective treatment for anger management as well. Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, I'm Michi J. Wishing you a week filled with blessings. Thanks for tuning in to the show. For more information on our guests and resources, visit prisonerspardon.com. If you're enjoying the content, follow, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, please be sure to leave a rating and review. Until next time, God bless.